First of all, a podcast takes a lot of work, okay? You have to organize the guests, you have to do a Google Calendar, and then you build a following. It takes a long fucking time, and I've been working on it for a while. This is Halloween. Welcome, everybody, to the Halloween special, where we're going to celebrate the best time of the year. Now, today technically is November 1st, which means Halloween was yesterday for people listening on Wednesday. For me, right now, the person filming this, Halloween is tomorrow. So it's not happened for me yet, but it has happened for you guys. Gosh, I needed to burp. Guys, my stomach's hurting today, so this should be interesting. Um, And Halloween... It's just the absolute greatest time of the year. And that's a non-negotiable. I know people try to like say, no, it's Christmas. And Christmas time because you get to spread the love. Well, Halloween because you get to spread the horror. You get to spread the spook, the scare, the gore, the horror. The all of that. Like Christmas is cute and fun. I love Christmas. Don't get me wrong. But Halloween is the time where you get to see people's personalities, where you get to see what constitutes scary for people, who likes scary, who thrives in scary, and who hides in the scary season. You get to see, you just see true, the true colors of the people around you. And for me, it's all about the holiday season being the Halloween holiday season. If you're watching on YouTube, you will see that I am dressed as a turd. I'm a shit. I will not be a shit tomorrow for Halloween. Tomorrow, my costume is going to be Pearl in the movie Pearl. So, As some of you guys know, the entire month of October, I have been watching a new, not a new, but a a horror movie that I've never seen before. And the other night I watched Pearl. If you remember a few weeks ago, I was talking about the movie X with Jenna Ortega. Now, Pearl is like the prequel to X in a, in a sense they're like unattached but it's fun to watch so in x the old woman is psychotic and killing everyone in pearl we watch the old woman grow up so we see sort of how she became the murderous old woman that she was in x and it was so good it was definitely better than x and that actress what is her name mia is it mia let me see because she honorable mention is amazing pearl let's see what's her name mia goth honestly perfect name mia goth mia goth what a perfect name it's on um amazon prime crave tv youtube apple tv i'm not promoting it Um, because we're actively in a strike still. However, 
it was a very good movie. It wasn't scary by any means, but it was a great movie. And as I was watching this, I was like, oh, I can definitely dress as Pearl for Halloween because all I need is overalls, a blue polo, and that's it. I have the dark hair. I have the dark eyes. She's wearing no makeup. Easy. All I'm going to try to do in terms of makeup is get rid of my eyebrows. I don't know if I'm going to be able to achieve that. My brows are black. Um, and hers are like blonde gone. So I'm going to attempt to cover my eyebrows with makeup. I don't think it's going to go well, but we're going to see. And I'm hopefully going to recreate some pictures, some iconic pictures from the movie. Um, she has two outfits, the overall outfit and a red dress outfit. I'm going, so she kills her first victims in the overalls. And then in the red dress, she kind of like massacres everyone else. So I am going to be her in her first kills. Not when she's like massacring everyone. Because I just can't obtain that beautiful red dress. It's too expensive. But what I did do was go to Value Village and buy $11 overalls that are 12 times my size. Because it was the only pair of overalls they had. But they were 11 bucks, So I am makeshifting my own... I, I, I'm making it work. And then I got a polo that isn't the blue that I wanted, but it's good enough. And I'm going to cut it to like work a little bit more. We're, we're going to make do with what we've got. Um, because it's either spend a lot of money online to get the costume, which by the time I even concluded to becoming Pearl for Halloween, the costumes wouldn't even arrive in time. So we just have to make do with what we what we got. And the beauty of Halloween is you get to be creative with it. Now, my mom was like, nobody's going to care if it's not like the same. Because when we were at um, Valley Village, we went to one Valley Village and they didn't have uh, overalls. They only had one pair of black overalls, but she wears like the typical blue jean color overall. And I was like, no, I can't wear black overalls. And my mom's like, why? Like, nobody's going to know. I'm like, because I'm being a character. Like, if it's a different shade of blue, that's fine. But it can't be an entirely different color because then it's just not the character anymore. You need to be able to look at it and be like, oh, that's Pearl. Or, oh, that's like a version of Pearl. You can't like see black and be like that Pearl's never worn black overalls what the fuck are you doing it's just like chucky you wouldn't wear a black wig for chucky and say yeah but it's chucky you'd need a red wig the details matter the fact that it's 12 sizes too big is already me settling i can't also make it a different color entirely so hey luna can you shush Luna loves to scratch. It's very annoying. 
she loves to scratch the fucking carpet so my grandpa bought a new carpet i think i mentioned it last week i need to clean it though because it's kind of dirty especially because it was like from somebody else's house and now it's in mine i do need to clean it Alrighty, everyone, let's do our listen bitch affirmation and then we're going to get into some creepy things. Ha 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 Happy Halloween. Last week's Halloween. Whoa, what did I just say? Last year's Halloween special is a very good one. I'm probably not going to top it this year, especially because I'm rushing. It's Monday. I work today. And then I have to edit and upload tomorrow and I also work tomorrow and then it's out on Wednesday so (laughs) y'all I'm rushing okay listen bitch oh my god is this a white card wait this is a white card it's the only white card in the deck oh my goodness okay this is special we've got the only white card in the deck listen bitch okay this is a loud ass email Listen, bitch, sometimes even the strongest people need some uplifting. Use these 50 affirmation cards to what? Use these 50 affirmation cards to remind you of what you're capable of. Okay, no wonder it's the one white fucking card in here. It's just the like, hey, guys, so you guys are going to read 50 cards and like they're going to uplift you. Okay, well, I was so excited about that, but now we need to pick a different card because there's no advice in it telling us to read the cards. Okay, listen, bitch. Your opinions aren't tattoos. You can change them anytime. Ooh, I like that. Your opinions aren't tattoos. You can change them anytime okay poetic so if you aren't getting the reference tattoos are permanent you once you get them you can't do much about reversing the decision you've already made you can remove them it takes a lot of time and it's painful but it technically can be done but in this case they're using you know the tattoos as a metaphor for permanence But your opinions, they're not permanent. They're not like tattoos. You can change them whenever the fuck you want. If today you are saying, hey, I'm going to dye my hair red. And then tomorrow you're like, actually, I'm going to dye my hair brown. And then the next day you're like, no, you know what? I'm not going to do anything to my hair. That's fine. You can change your mind. You can change your opinions as many times as you want, whenever the fuck you want. And it could be with something so tiny like that and it'd be okay. Or it could be something that maybe affects more than just you. You can change your mind about, um, you know, maybe plans that you and your friends had. Like, yep, we're going out this day. And then that day comes and you're like, you know what, never mind. And maybe they'll be a little annoyed with you or upset with you. But at the end of the day, you can change your fucking mind because you can do whatever you want. Because you're a grown adult. And if you're not a grown adult, you can still make your own. You can change your opinions and stuff. Your parents might just like not let you, but you can do it. 
In fact, the best practice for standing up for your opinions, for your needs, is against your parents. Because at the end of the day, now this isn't for everyone, but this is if you have loving, supporting parents, they will love you even if you scream in their face. Like they might get mad at you, they might hate you in the moment, but they're going to get over it. And it's great practice. And they might totally disagree with me, but it's great practice to stand up for yourself in front of your parents. If your parents are like, you need to do Taekwondo classes and you're like, I don't fucking want to do Taekwondo. I want to do hip hop classes, for example. And you go, no, mom, no, dad, I'm not going to do Taekwondo. I mean, you could say it you can be like, it's not something I'm passionate about and you guys are going to be wasting your money. If you are going to spend that money anyways, it should be on something that I love to do or I'm interested in doing. And um, it's just good practice to stand up for yourself, even if you wanted to do Taekwondo and now you're like, actually, hip hop seems more interesting. And it's to tell your parents, like, hey, I've changed my mind. I no longer want to do Taekwondo. I want to do hip hop, for example. It's a little scary because you're like, oh, they might get mad at me, especially because they um, put a down deposit or they already, you know, scheduled me in for my first class. It's still good practice for standing up for yourself or just speaking on your truth um because as you get older older than me if you don't practice speaking up in whatever kind of way that means for you it's only going to get harder as you get older and then maybe one day when you're really really old like in your 70s 80s then it becomes easier But like we were saying two weeks ago, you shouldn't have to wait until you're old to finally feel the freedom to be your true self. So if you have an opinion and it changes because they're allowed to change and you have to confront someone or tell someone about your opinions that change because maybe it affects them, it can be nerve wracking because you never know how someone's going to take it and You don't know if they're going to accept it or support it. But you got to do it anyways. Got to do it anyways. Um, Yeah. So your opinions can change. Um, Even if you were so stern on something, like hard headed on something and you're like, no, it's this way or the. Okay. I was rudely interrupted by my card being full storage anyways as i was saying even if you were hard-headed about your opinion you can change it people are probably because they're assholes gonna rub it in your face but just save something of theirs to rub in their face one day all right (laughs) that's the advice segment for this week um it wasn't spooky advice but it was good advice Okay, so I thought it would be kind of fun or interesting 
to have an AI writing system write us a horror story. So I am going to find the website I use. Okay, I'm going to say, let me bring my computer over here. Write me a super short horror story. Should I specify a little bit? Sure. With a crazy plot twist. With a crazy plot twist and some dark humor. All right. I said, write me a super short horror story with a crazy plot twist and some dark humor. It is writing a fucking storm. Okay. All right, let's get into it. In a small, sleepy town, a peculiar man named Mr. Jenkins lived alone in a discrepant old house. Rumors swirled about his eccentricities, but no one dared to venture near his property. One stormy night, a group of mischievous teenagers decided to play a prank on Mr. Jenkins. Armed with masks and fake spiders, they sneaked into his yard, ready to give him a fright. As they approached the front door, they noticed it was slightly ajar. Curiosity getting the better of them, they pushed it open and stepped inside. The house was eerily silent, save for the sound of their own nervous laughter. Suddenly, the lights flickered on, revealing Mr. Jenkins standing before them, a wicked grin on his face. Welcome, my dear guests, he said, his voice dripping with dark humor. You've stumbled upon my little game. Confusion turned to fear as the teenagers realized they were trapped. The doors and windows had vanished, leaving them at the mercy of Mr. Jenkins' twisted amusement. One by one, they were led through a series of Macarby? 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 What the fuck is that? Disturbing and horrifying because of involvement with or description of death by injury. Okay. Challenges. They had to navigate a room filled with creepy dolls, endure a maze of mirrors that distorted their reflections, and even face their deepest fears brought to life. But just as they thought their ordeal was coming to an end, a shocking plot twist unfolded. Okay, they didn't have to be so specific with me saying, like, a crazy plot twist and some dark horror, like, anyways... A crazy plot twist unfolded. Mr. Jenkins, the supposed villain, revealed himself to be a misunderstood genius. His elaborate game was designed to teach them a lesson about the consequences of their actions. Boo! Lame Mr. Jenkins! With a wicked chuckle, he released them from his house. Forever changed by the experience. The teenagers, now humbled and grateful for their lives, 
left the old house with a newfound appreciation for the unexpected twists that life can bring. And as for Mr. Jenkins, he continued to live in his mysterious house, occasionally inviting unsuspecting visitors to partake in his darkly humorous games, always with a lesson to be learned. Honestly, fuck you, Mr. Jenkins. Like, what, so you're just some creepy old guy who makes people do torturous games and then just, like, says, this is what happens when you go on other people's property. Go home, kids. The fuck? Okay, Mr. Jenkins. What? Okay, this is horror, so, Mr. Jenkins, you were supposed to then kill them. Or, like, make them kill each other. This was not... This was not, um... That was not a good... That was not a good story. And also the fact that, like, they were so on point with me saying a crazy plot twist and some dark humor. Like, I meant throw that into the story. Don't make it a description. And then a crazy plot twist happened. Let's do another one, and I'm not going to give it anything. I'm just going to say, write me a super terrifying short horror story. All right, let's see. It's typing. Also, someone decided to, like, do yard work right now, so I'm sorry if you guys hear it. Um, also my voice hurts when I go that deep, but I'm going to do it again. Okay, let's get into it. In the depths of a desolate forest, a lone hiker named Sarah found herself lost as night fell. Panic gripped her heart as she stumbled through the dense undergrowth, desperately searching for a way out. As she trugged deeper into the darkness, a bone-chilling wind whispered through the trees, sending shivers down her spine. The forest seemed to come alive, its eerie silence broken only by the distant hoot of a howl. Suddenly, Sarah's foot caught on a hidden root, sending her sprawling to the ground. As she struggled to her feet, she noticed a faint light flickering in the distance. Hope surged within her as she followed the glow, praying it would lead her to safety. The light grew brighter, revealing an old... Huh? Dilapidated? Why are there so many words that, like, don't need to be in here? Dilapidated. In a state of disrepair or ruin. Okay. The light grew brighter, revealing an old, dilapidated cabin nestled among the trees. Sarah hesitated, a sense of forebonding washing over her, but with no other options. She cautiously, she cautiously approached the door. As she pushed it open, a protrude stench assaulted that's such a weird sorry as she pushed it open a protrude stench assaulted her senses the cabin was filled with decaying furniture and cobwebs its walls a 
adorned with faded photographs, a long foot... Jesus. I'm not an out loud reader. <sighs> faded photographs of long forgotten faces. Dread settled in her chest, but it was too late to turn back. In the corner of the room, Sarah noticed a flickering candle casting eerie shadows on the walls. She approached it, hoping to find a clue or a means of escape. But as she reached out, the candle suddenly extinguished, plunging the can cabin into darkness. Fear consumed her as she fumbled for, for her flashlight, but it refused to turn on. Panic-striking, she felt a presence closing in around her. Whispers echoed through the cabin, growing louder and more menacing with each passing second. In a desperate attempt to escape, Sarah stumbled towards the door, only to find it sealed shut. The walls seemed to close in, trapping her in a suffocating embrace. The whisper turned into loud growls and unseen hands clawed at her from the darkness just as sarah thought she would succumb to the horrors of the cabin a blinding light pierced through the gloom the doors burst open revealing a search party that had been looking for her Gasping for breath, Sarah stumbled out of the cabin, her body covered in scratches and her mind scarred by the terror she had endured. The forest had claimed its victims once again, leaving her with a chilling reminder that some places should never be disturbed. What the fuck is this? To this day, Sarah refuses to speak of her harrowing experience haunted by the memories of the terrifying cabin cabin and the malevolent forces that lured within its walls why is ai horror like happy endings like just as something was about to happen to sarah the a fucking search party comes in get out of here i'm done with the happy endings one thing about horror that you can rely on is no happy endings no happy endings unless you're rooting for i mean they're okay actually there's happy endings in like every horror movie but it, it's never fully happy because people always die like maybe the main character is still alive but like they've lost everyone around them whereas like in these fucking ai stories nothing bad happens to anyone <sighs> but you know what AI is there for you if you want horror with happy endings. Let's get into, um, so I'm just going to recap you guys on the movies that I've, that I've been watching and what I still have to come. And then we're going to talk about a notorious killer who lived not more than five minutes from me. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Layback Living is a furniture store that has been providing customers with high quality and stylish furniture for years. They offer a wide selection of furniture for every room in the house, from the living room to the bedroom to the dining room and more. At Layback Living, customers can find furniture 
that not only looks great, but is comfortable and functional. At Layback Living, quality is their top priority. They only source furniture from trusted manufacturers and personally select each item to ensure that it meets their high standards. Their knowledgeable staff is always available to assist customers in finding the perfect furniture pieces to fit their unique style and needs. With their exceptional customer service and commitment to quality, Layback Living is the perfect destination for anyone in search of beautiful and functional furniture. Be sure to check out their website at laybacklivinghome.com or check out their location in Richmond, B.C., and be sure to use code I don't care for 10% off your purchase. Okay, on October 1st, I watched Terrifier, then Terrifier 2, Evil Dead Rise, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, X, The Reading, The Faculty, Sinister, Goodnight Mommy, The Exorcist, The Grudge, The Nun, There's Something Wrong with the Children, No One Will Save You, Talk to Me, P2, Nope, Hide and Seek, Old, I know what you did last summer. It follows Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Carrie, The Ring, Orphan, Pearl, The Strangers, Ma, Hell House. And tonight I'm going to be watching a movie called Creep. Now of all of these that I've watched, Hell House last night, Hell House LLC is a genuinely scary movie. Now Any kind of horror movie that is filmed by the actor's perspective, at least, like the Blair Witch Project does it, this movie does it, um, where it's almost like a documentary style with the way they're holding the camera. I love it. Now, I hate those kinds of camera angles for anything other than horror but when it comes to the horror genre it intensifies the horror it makes it just even more scary because you're not behind the main character you are in front of them so you're seeing what the main character is going to see before they see it or as they're seeing it whereas in when it's third person you're watching them react to the thing before you see it most of the time and that's why pop scares are so much more scary is because that is when you're seeing it with the character so when a dash cam kind of perspective is the entire horror movie it's scarier the whole way through because you're anticipating a horror or a a jump scare the entire way through and you're experiencing it as you really were a character in the movie versus a, a watcher watching the movie and that's what hell house did now the, the the first like 15 minutes of the movie it sucked I did not care for the heavy push on documentary style. Um, But once they started showing like the footage, way better. And the end was good. Um, That's that's like a horror movie. That's a good horror movie. And there's so many good horror movies. But Hell House was scary. 
and I have been desperate for a genuinely scary horror movie all month. Finally, day 29. Hell House gives it to me. Um, and it's Paranormal, which is my favorite version of horror movies. So not only are you watching it sort of in the lens of the characters, it's also paranormal. And the main character, there's, they're genuinely terrified. Not everyone, but the people we trust the most are genuinely terrified, which almost is a little bit soothing for you, but it plays into the fear factor more. So if you are looking for a really good, scary movie, Hell House LLC, there's another one, and it's on Prime, there's another one called Hell House, the Abandoned Hotel or something. I didn't watch that one yet, but I definitely want to since I like Hell House so much. My mom didn't make it past the first 15 minutes because it was, like I said, really pushing the whole documentary style um, thing, and that wasn't good. But once we got into, like, the footage, that's when things started to pick up. And thank God they didn't push the documentary as much as they did in the first like 15 minutes so that's my recommendation of movies okay are you ready to learn about robert picton now i can't remember if i've ever mentioned him on the podcast before if you are from canada i'm sure you know who robert picton is If you're not, or you are, but you don't know, I'm here to do some education for ya. I live in a place called Port Coquitlam. And it used to be quite rural. Farmland. Now it's more suburban. It's not scary anymore. We still have lots of farm land area Mm, lots is an overstatement we still have some but now it's like very much residential schools um not residential schools residential comma schools comma suburban houses blah 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 we have lots of forest lots of trees poco is um poco is is Poco, how would I describe Poco? (laughs) I don't know how you would describe Poco, but it's where I am. And it's not big, but it's not small. You can't find me. Like, I'm telling you that I live in Poco. It's not as, like, big as me saying I live in Burnaby or Vancouver. But you can't just come to Poco and, like, look for me because you won't find me um but there was this guy named Robert Picton now he's still alive he's like 74 years old and he is in prison because 
he did heinous things to women. No, I'm, I, I don't want to mess up the information I'm saying. So I'm just going to sort of read a synopsis on him. And, and then we're going to talk about it. Robert Christian Picton, born October 24th, 1949, also known as the Pig Farmer Killer or the Butcher, the Butcher, is a Canadian serial killer, serial rapist, former pig farmer, and possible cannibal, possible is very possible, who is suspected of being one of the most prolific serial killers in Canadian history. After dropping out of school, Picton left a butcher's apprenticeship to begin working full-time at his family's pig farm. He believed to have begun his murders in the early 1980s after inheriting the farm. Arrested in 2002, he was convicted in 2007 of second-degree murder of six women and was also the subject of a lengthy investigation that yielded evidence of numerous other murders. So, victims, six convicted, 26 charged, 49 confessed. Um, span of crimes, 1983 to 2002. So, he finally went to prison when my mother was pregnant with me. Isn't that wild? Um, so, Picton was charged with the deaths of an additional 20 women, many of them from, Vancou from Vancouver's downtown east side, but these charges were stayed by the Crown in 2010. Picton was sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole for 25 years the longest possible sentence for second-degree murder under Canadian law. At the time, he was sentenced. During the trial's first days of jury evidence, the Crown stated that Picton had confessed to 49 murders to an undercover agent from the office of the Inspector General, who was posing as a cellmate. Jeez, that's kind of fucking sick. I didn't know that. Okay, so... A private investigator, cop, agent, posed as a cellmate with Picton. And the Picton was like, yeah, I didn't kill just nine. I killed 49, 49 victims. Um, the Crown Report, and we're not, if you know nothing, you're like, holy shit, 49 people, that's terrible. We haven't even gotten into the worst part yet. These are not just 49 victims who were killed and sexually assaulted. Like, it gets worse. And you might not even think there is a worse to get. Like, how does it get worse than that? Picton found a way. The Crown reported that Picton told the officer that he wanted to kill another woman to make it an even 50. And that he was caught because he was sloppy. That would be an understatement. Sloppy. Um, let's see. Okay, we're not going to do... Um, um, Robert Picton was born to blah, blah, blah. 
Um, oh, did I mention they live in Port Coquitlam? His only regret that he hadn't got to, gotten to an even 50. So he was just very upset that it was 49 people and not 50 women that he killed. Um, when police initially executed a search for Picton's farm, pig farm, they were looking for illegal firearms. But what they saw was so shocking and vile, they quickly obtained a second warrant to investigate the property further. They found the body parts and bones littered across the property, many of which in the pig, um, in the pig styes and belonged to indigenous women. This is everything you need to know about Robert Picton. Um, his, ch- his childhood. Robert Picton was born on October 24th, 1949 to his parents at a pig farm in Poco. Uh, he had an older sib- sister named Linda and a younger brother named David. But while the brothers remained on the farm to help their parents, Linda was set- sent to Vancouver where she could grow up far away from the farm um let's get into okay on october 16 1967 dave Pickton was driving his father's red truck shortly after getting his license the details are murky but something happened that caused the truck to slam into a 14 year old boy who had been walking along the side of the road his name was tim barrett in a panic, Dave sped home to tell his mother what happened. Louise Picton returned with her son to the spot where Barrett was lying injured but still alive. According to the Toronto Star, Louise bent over to inspect him, then pushed him into a deep sloth running along the side of the road. Uh-oh, I lost where I was. The next day, Tim Barrett was found dead. An autopsy revealed that the that the eighth grader had drowned and that while his injuries from the collision were severe, they were not they would not have killed him. Louise Picton was a highly influential, if not the most influential person in Robert Picton's life. Perhaps it's not surprising then that he would go on to kill. Ooh, sorry, this isn't like juicy. This is terrible. We haven't even got into the terribleness yet. Robert Picton's murderous streak began in the early 1990s while he was working on a farm outside of Vancouver, British Columbia. Bill Hiscox, a worker on the farm, would later say the property was creepy, to say the least. For one thing, rather than a guard dog, a large boar patrolled the farm and would often bite or chase trespassers. For another, though, it was on the outskirts of Vancouver. It appeared extremely remote. What's a boar? I don't know. Picton owned and operated the farm with his brother David, though they eventually began to forego farming to sell some of their property. The stranger reports this move would not only make them millionaires, but it would also allow them to enter a far different industry. In 1996, the Pictons began a nonprofit charity, the Piggy Palace Good Time Society, under the vague aim to organize, coordinate, manage, and operate special events 
functions, dances, shows, and exhibitions on behalf of service of service organizations, sports organizations, and other worthy groups. These charity events were, in fact, raves that the brother held in their farm's slaughterhouse, which they'd converted into a warehouse-style space. Their parties were well-known among the locals and often drew crowds of up to 2,000 people, among them bikers and local sex workers. In March of 1997, Picton was charged with the attempted murder of one of the sex workers, Wendy Lynn Esther. During an... Sorry, one second. <sighs> During an altercation at the farm, Picton had handcuffed one of Esther's... I'm not saying her name. Estitter? Estitter? Um, hands and stabbed her repeatedly with a knife. She managed to escape and report him, and Picton was arrested for attempted murder. The charge was later dismissed, but it only but it opened farm worker Bill Hiscock's eyes to a larger problem occurring on the farm. In the next three years, Picton's run-in with the law, Hiscock's noticed that women who visited the farm tended to go missing. Eventually, he reported this to the police, but it wasn't until 2002 that Canadian authorities finally searched the farm. In February 2002, Canadian police raided Robert Picton's property on a warrant. At the time, they were looking for illegal firearms. We already talked about that. A subsequent search of the farm revealed remains or DNA evidence of at least 33 women. Originally, Picton was arrested on two murder charges. Soon, three more murders were added. Then another, eventually by 2005... 26 murder charges had been brought against Robert Picton, making him one of the most prolific serial killers in Canadian history. During the investigation, police uncovered just how Picton had gruesomely murdered these women. Okay, now is when we get into the crazy, crazy, disgusting terribleness. <sighs> Through police reports and a taped confession from Picton, police concluded that the women had been killed multiple ways. Some of them had been handcuffed and stabbed. Others had been injected with antifreeze. After they were dead, Picton would either take their bodies to a meat rendering plant nearby or grind them up and feed them to the pigs that lived on his farm. So, the, th the thing that haunts a lot of people is that he fed his victims meat to the pigs. These pigs that were then killed themselves and distributed into local stores. So people buying the meat that was sold by Picton to stores had human meat in it. 2002, he was finally stopped, which means, because my parents had been living in Poco for a while at that point, a couple years, if they bought 
pork this is from stores and it was Picton's pork that means that they might have eaten human meat inside the pigs think about that though he was charged with 26 murders and despite evidence that he had killed more robert picton was only convicted of six counts of second degree murder because those cases were the most concrete the charges had been broken up during the trial to make them easier for the jury members to sift to shift oh my god to sift through a judge sentence for a judge sentenced Robert Picton to life in prison with no possibility possibility of parole. Um, it is. It says to this day, it's unclear just how many victims, um, just how many women fell victim to Picton's gruesome killing spree. But po- prosecutors say that Picton told an undercover officer it was twenty nine or forty nine. Sorry. Um. Okay, yeah, so that's sort of, uh, that's sort of like the, 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 oof, the secrets of Poco, but it's not secrets at all. So, the land in which these heinous crimes took place, just right behind my high school, homes have been built on top of the crime scenes there are still some farmhouses there and i mean i'm sure there's evidence probably still in the area if they only had enough evidence to charge him concretely with six counts of second-degree murder, there still must be bones or hair or something of the other victims who were not... There was not enough evidence found. But if if you dig deep enough, maybe there is still stuff there, like maybe buried under somebody's fucking home. And so, yeah, he... He would brutally murder his victims and then with their corpses, he would cut them up or put them in a meat grinder, feed them to the pigs. It it is so disgusting and terrible. But it's crazy to me that you know, my my parents lived alongside him in Poco for a few years. And if my mom was in a different, if my mom was a party animal or someone who like wasn't a goody two-shoes to the way that she was a goody two-shoes, she maybe would have attended a party. And maybe wouldn't have been here. She was also a mom by that point. So. But my point is. Is like. Less than 10 minutes away. From my house. Robert Picton. 
did terrible things to innocent women. And my high school is right beside the land in which he did this to people. Food for thought. It's crazy um, the way that, you know, in America, there's so many more notorious killers. You have Jeffrey Dahmer. You have um, instantly I'm forgetting everybody's name. Uh, what's the uh, what's the what's the main guy? What's the main guy? What's his name? Um, you know, it's good that I don't remember their names because they're not meant to be memorable but in america you have so many killers who have been made famous because of their crimes and in in canada we really just have him and i don't even know of anybody else and to know that the most notorious killer in all of canada shopped at the same stores that we go to probably went to the same middle school as me it's crazy now he's much older than i am but the middle school that i i went to it's new now of course like two years after i leave they tore the whole thing down and rebuilt a beautiful school it's insane but like so close to home and and we drive over the land to get to walmart like all these places that we have to go shopping at or or visit or whatever it's like we have to drive over the pig the the farming the the whole the land in which these heinous things happened um it's crazy so i just thought in spirit of halloween i would share a little Canadian history that happened so close to home literally so close to home um yeah this is uh this is probably not the most interesting episode my bad I would have I I I wanted to make it better but look I gotta go to work very soon I have to leave like in 20 minutes and this was the best I could do. So, my apologies that this Halloween episode wasn't giving Halloween spirit like it needed to be, but I had my poop head on and my tummy hurts. So, with that being said, happy Halloween, everybody. I hope you had a great Halloween. Watch Hell House. Watch X, watch Pearl, watch Goodnight Mommy, watch, um, talk to me, watch, no one will save me, you, no one will save you, watch all these horror movies and just enjoy the fucking thing. We have a month, no, I, 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 we have two weeks until people are fully going to start decorating their houses and stuff, so for Christmas and we're soon going to be in the Christmas spirit. I mean, right before I press record, my best friend, I'm going to read you what she said. She said, 
Okay, so like I know it's early to be looking at Christmas shit, but there are so many sales coming up and I'd rather get it done early. Anything on your wish wish list? Girl, people are starting early, which means I should be starting soon too. But after tomorrow at the very fucking least. Alrighty. Be careful to not eat candy that has been tampered with. And other than that, Happy Halloween. Bye.